Do you like beer? Do you like podcasts? Do you like beer podcasts? Then check out Crack and One Open, a podcast about brews, news, and pop culture reviews. Every week, we crack open a new craft beer from breweries around the country. And sometimes the world. We'll talk about how it was made, what's in it, the history of the brew, and the brewery. Then we'll give our tasting notes, and while we're finishing up, we'll talk about some of the latest goings-on in the world of pop culture. So check out Crack and One Open with Mike and Elise, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hello there. I'm Colleen. I'm Anders. And I'm Daniel. We are three nerds who love science fiction and fantasy stories, so of course we love Star Wars. And if there's one thing the internet definitely doesn't have enough of, it's nerds talking about Star Wars. Every week we journey to a galaxy far, far away to discuss what's new in the current Star Wars canon and beyond. This week we are so excited to finally get into the beyond part of that statement with the first three shorts in Star Wars Visions Volume 2. This is your spoiler warning for Visions Season 2, as well as basically everything in the Star Wars universe. You never know what we're going to hit. Are you too ready to confront your Sith paths and forge your own future? I mean, I personally have a really strong desire to like go deep into caves all the time. So yes, let's do this. I mean, I'm a big fan of getting into scary vehicles with uh, big demon eye ladies. So yeah, let's do this. <laughs> all right. Um, so splunking for you two. We're a go. <laughs> all right. First up, we have the short Sith. It is written and directed by Rodrigo Blas, animated by El Guri Studios in Spain. The main voice cast includes Ursula Cobero, who voices Lola, and Luis Tosar, who as her former Sith master. So now we're going to do our little kind of plot synopsis of the short. Set during the High Republic, and I got this off of a source, a couple sources say it's like High Republic, which kind of makes sense for what happens, where mm-hmm. the Sith remain in hiding. This short is about former Sith apprentice Lola. She lives on a desolate planet with her trusty droid E2 and tries to channel her Force abilities into her painting. She's having trouble finishing her work, though, because dark smudges continue to form on it, which is a really cool effect. I think we'll talk about that a little bit later. Investigating a crash on the planet, Lolo is visited by her former Sith Master, who is terrifying. Like, you guys, I saw him come in and I was like, oh my god, this is terrifying. He's been searching for her. They have a fantastic chase sequence in her really cool motorcycle circle bike thing. And then they have a battle where her former master commands her to kill him and become the new master. She's able to accept both the light and dark sides of herself and dispatches him by the end. And then she finishes her painting. And then Lola leaves the planet with E2, searching for like a world that maybe will have a few more people on it. Maybe. She's all like, you know what? I can do whatever I want. Like you said, I'm the master now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This I just thought was like an absolutely great one to start on. The visuals in this are stunning. The Mm -hmm. splashiness, the watercolor of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I texted you guys after I did my rewatch prepping for this pod that it really does hit a little bit different after seeing Spider-Verse. Definitely across, but also uh, you can see kind of the influences from Into just in that animation style. Also kind of reminded me a little bit of some of the more... I want to say severe sequences and Puss in Boots, The Last Wish mm-hmm. and um, Arcane on oh, Netflix. Yes. Very arcane. I can, see, I can see a lot of those influences there. It's really cool. They all really complement each other really well. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they tried to rip anything off, but you can see where people are willing to take these risks with the animation. And it's just so freaking cool. Yeah. Starting on it, it had some like elements that reminded me of season one of visions volume one but since Mm -hmm. those were all anime this looked like it still was paying homage to that a little tiny bit but doing something completely different which was a great way to to show us that visions volume two is not the visions that you knew before Mm -hmm. surprise yes (laughs) uh lola just looks really cool i love the white streak throughout her hair the robotic arm very star wars some point she lost an arm and had to had to get a replacement master probably chopped it off of her let's be fair oh yeah i mean that's just part of training Mm -hmm. (laughs) one of her sabers is orange which gives us that hint that Oh, she's a dark side user, but like maybe not t- entirely fully makes me more excited for seeing those characters coming up in Ahsoka mm-hmm. and just 
I loved it. This was a great short. Colleen, what I loved did you it think? Too. I loved it too. It immediately was in, it's in my top tier for this season. I love that watercolor style with all the brilliant colors. Ichu is best boy, of course. What is yes. Sweetie Pie? I love him. The character designs were really interesting. And then the bad guys were like appropriately scary. Like the, yeah. the Sith Master and his two buddies is like, oh God, <laughs> shit is going to hit the fan. And it of course did. I did like that the backgrounds were a lot like Spider-Verse in certain parts where they were more like sketched in backgrounds. Like she was trying to fill them in mm-hmm, and yeah. focused on the characters instead of like the background work, which I thought was a really nice touch. Like you had to, you could see just everything on Lola's face, what she was feeling. The animation for the characters was wonderful. And then I really liked the new use of the force. Like there's a couple in Vision's um, season two that we're going to talk about like these kind of new ways to use the force and having her be an artist was fantastic and just kind of mm-hmm. that like not starving artist per se but just like the artist who has like a block going on was really fun to see and of course she had to be like alone she has her droid with her but she's like the artist who has to be alone and starve for their art really liked that I think that should become a part of canon, like these kind of cool touches reminded me a lot of the High Republic novels where certain Jedi have the more distinct force abilities, like the psychometry, things yeah. like that, that we see in other things. Pathfinders and things yep. like that. Yeah, exactly. It, they can talk to animals. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I enjoy that they expand beyond just, oh, we can push and pull things and jump really far. Like, yeah, you're. This is a mystical energy that supposedly interacts with all living beings. Of course, it's going to be able to guide some things like art, because art is just a reflection of life. Like it, you're channeling that kind of energy. I I think it's very creative and amazing that like we're. I'm sorry. I'm just going to go into my points real quick. Oh no, go oh, totally. Go you're good. The watercolors and having her use the force to like build her paintings, and then it's building the the uh, the color in the actual scene itself it's so cool i mean i know we've all said it the art style is amazing like hats off to el giri that was such a creative and fun way to mix both art in the show and universe and art just in real life like have them kind of mesh as one thing it was just really interesting and as we've said the the dark side or the the sith lord such a cool design Mm -hmm. such a cool design and i really appreciate the um oh the the handle of his uh the hilt of his lightsaber Mm -hmm. how it's got kind of like that basket uh hilt on it it looks a bit like a spanish rapier or something like that it's it's got that cultural design behind it and he had kind of the armor that looked a little bit uh in in my mind i was like oh like you can see some spanish influence that might be like conquistador yeah like some dark side conquistador going on (laughs) like i it you know this is why i am really happy that they expanded this out beyond just like traditional anime studios which don't get me wrong we had a lot of fun with that in season one i enjoyed a lot of what i saw but getting to see all just the little influences like from all across the world this season is is really exciting so yeah, I just, I had a great time. Fantastic way to open it up. And uh, yeah, some some stuff like that should make its way into canon. I agree with you, Colleen. I'd love Give to see to that us. at some point. <laughs> 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 All right, next up, just a little bit more background information here. So the studio behind the magic. El Giri is headquartered in Madrid, Spain. They have worked on a lot of projects that you'll probably recognize, such as Troll Hunters, underrated series on Netflix. Go watch it. It's cute. The Incredibles, good but overrated. I said what I said after this. I said what I said. He didn't. We didn't say The Incredibles two, Anders. Yeah, <laughs> the first one. Copy paste my statement. Uh, and Wally, the bestest boy ever, as well as several other Pixar films. Yeah, <laughs> could have gotten They're more. Busy. So you like, some these stuff. guys are busy. <laughs> yes. In Spain, Giri means you're a tourist, and according to their website, it highlights the beauty of migration and diversity in animation industry. Which is basically like everything that Visions is about, yeah. which is really, really cool. I love that. 
Next, I'm going to talk a little bit about some country cultural references. We did a lot of this with season one, having to do with Japan, Kurosawa, a lot of the Japanese influences that are in Star Wars itself. For this one, I had to go look at the artists because Spain is super, super famous for its artists, including Pablo Picasso, Salvador Dali, Goya, El Greco. Like these are titans in the art industry, in the art world. I really like that the landscapes in this short were very reminiscent of Dali's surrealism. Like they Mm -hmm. looked just a little bit enough off where you were very like, oh, she shouldn't go outside. Like why is she going (laughs) outside into this planet? Melting clocks could be anywhere for real. I was like, oh no, get back into your bunker there, Lola. And then of course, I know, right? And then the focus on color reminded me of Picasso because he's very famous for his different color periods in his work. Spanish painters push boundaries with scene and subject matter. I was looking at some of Goya's pieces and there's a lot of like really fucked up looking like demony characters <laughs> in his works. Oh, and I was yeah. like, oh, that's the Sith master right there. Like this really strange looking dudes. And I think that they really reflected Spain's kind of artistic cultural background with this short, which I really appreciated. Like, hell yeah. The studio is amazing. I want to see more. Right. Yeah. I mean, considering what they've already worked on, plus what we got from here, I'm definitely interested in seeing more of what they what they put out. And also just a quick aside, when I realized that Pablo Picasso was alive in the in the 1900s, my yeah. mind was blown. Yeah. Yes. Why He's did not, I think he was like a Michelangelo type? Yeah. <laughs> My God, my my dumb little mind in high school was blown when I took an art appreciation class and learned that. Speaking of Picasso, this short is all about the use of color or lack thereof. And we see how Lola is afraid of the darkness encroaching into her painting. She's trying to get rid of it and everything she does, you know, none of it works. She keeps trying and trying. It's only until she accepts it there's both light and dark in her is when she's able to complete the vision and it becomes a complete full painting. And so it's nice seeing that, you know, they, they use art to talk about the the spirit itself. And it's really interesting how they did that. I, especially how like the, the world fills out around her when she embraces that. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. I loved when they had the, um the globs kind of floating yes. in the air and then she like, yeah. she gets them to, to colorize as she kind of pushes out that darkness mm-hmm. almost almost looks like neo with the bullets yes mm-hmm. oh my gosh yeah and they look like food like those beautiful like i don't know like boba kind of style <laughs> gloves i was like ooh, that looks delicious like it looks tactile right. so like you yeah. i hope it. you don't buy todd i hope you don't buy tide pods no absolutely not i will not eat paint i promise <laughs> They just look delicious. It's like when you go to a grocery store and they have those artisanal soaps that look like cheese. I'm like, you are just asking for a child to wander along and take just like a big hunk and chunk out of one of these soaps. Everyone knows when you eat paint, it's supposed to be in chip form. (laughs) That's very fair. Paint chips with a little bit of dip. (laughs) Hopefully there's a bit of lead in there. (laughs) I'm from the 80s. I already was poisoned by that. You know, <laughs> and next up we have some droids because we yeah. just love droids. Uh, and here we have E2. He kind of looks like an imperial torture droid mixed with an astromech. I don't know. I also kind of thought he looked almost like a separatist spider mm. crawler thing. Yes. So he's got all these influences that look like he's he's kind of from the dark side of yeah. the galaxy, but yeah. he's just so cute. And he's, he's by so little side. He's, he's he almost dies for her. He does almost die. The <laughs> sound I made when the Sith Master pulled his legs off. I was... Yeah, that was and he just like okay. hops up on the he hops up on the motorcycle. He's just so cute <laughs> and adorable and very loyal. And we hope that they have lots of fun, wholesome adventures. Yes, I love him. Yeah. Also, I just love that the. Uh the bike that she has it's almost like general Greaves's bike from yes. revenge yeah. of the sith yeah yeah so that made me happy mm-hmm. lots of like very dark side parts to lola like she's got all these kind of like little nods to who she used to be and it's like yeah that's not who she is now but mm, 
<laughs> she's absolutely the aunt who comes who comes like to Thanksgiving dinner on her motorcycle and all the yes. kids are super excited to see her and all the adults are like fuck here we go again uh, she's gonna talk to us about her art <laughs> <laughs> no more talking about fascism during Thanksgiving dinner she's gonna go get high with the like 21 to 25 year olds in the back yeah. all the parents are gonna be mad yeah oh yeah of course you're a 40 year old oh, woman I don't <laughs> okay next we have to do of course we have to do a couple little star wars connections and callbacks i of course this i was very excited when i heard this when lola says quote i am no sith unquote mm-hmm. like this is definitely a callback to ahsoka saying i am no jedi okay. i like the kind of similarities we can draw between the two characters that they they don't want to believe in any one ideology they want to like do their own thing live their own lives and ahsoka is very much like that so it's really cool to see like get after it badass ladies mm-hmm. next up we have references here to the rule of two the master says that the only way for lola to move on is to in fact defeat him and become the master this is a pretty obvious reference back to that sith rule of two where the apprentice can never move forward without killing their master unless they get killed and then the master has to find a new one that's true <laughs> But he really wanted Lola to to be the master. He must have really seen something in her. Yeah, he was tired. He was really she, tired. She's just real good at killing. <laughs> there, there she goes, killing again. <laughs> so we also have Lola with a really unique double-sided saber. Uh, we've seen them before, but pairing a red blade and this yellow-orange blade is really interesting. And it's not a traditional, you know, just straight-line saber. It's this almost curved like scimitar like saber so cool yeah really unique design uh i it's it's interesting seeing that she's got that balanced look of you know like a traditional light side blade and a traditional dark side blade she might be one of the most balanced force users we've seen so far so yeah i wonder just really really cool i wonder if it's related i i didn't i didn't think of this i quite literally just read about this in um Mm -hmm. shadow of the seth which is the uh, a novel that takes place basically telling the story about how Rey ended up on Jakku. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but you got Luke Skywalker and like Sith acolytes and stuff. And there's a very legendary Sith saber that's got that curved blade. Ooh. Is it Lola's? <laughs> I don't know. It's like it's the it's the lightsaber of like Notice or something like that's that. Really cool. I have to add in, after you besmirched The Incredibles, E2 also looks like the robot from The Incredibles a little bit. Hell yes. Like the I'm not saying it's body. bad. I'm saying it's overrated. I think and it's I one might of the be best questioning some taste. Earlier, <laughs> earlier Pixar films. It's kind of hard to stand up to a, the, a lot of the later ones, but it does a good job. I think it's one of the best cast Pixar oh, yeah. movies. I love Craig T. Get after it, my guy. And moving on. <laughs> I also, I do like Craig T. Give me some Zeke Braverman all all the way. All right. Next up, we have the short Screechers Reach. This one is written by Will Collins and Jason Tamamagi. I think that's how you pronounce it. And directed Mm -hmm. by Paul Young. It's animated by Cartoon Saloon in Ireland. The voice cast includes Eva Wataki as Doll, Angelica Houston as the Sith Mother. And she seems absolutely trustworthy. Totally. I mean, yeah, she's like her ship comes out of the sky looking like the creature from Nope. I'm like, yeah, Nope, get away. The The plot of this one is dark for such a short episode. Mm-hmm. Prior to the initial extinction of the Sith, a young girl named Dahl lives in a workhouse with her friends, Bathan, Quinn and Kina. And they are tired of this difficult life because they're just they're slaves in this workhouse. And Dahl suggests that they run away from, uh, to the remote ca- uh, cave of Screecher's Reach. Mm-hmm. Her idea is no one's going to chase them. Uh, no one's going to go all the way out there. It's a haunted cave. They reach the cave and discover it's already been claimed by the ghost, who is actually an elderly Sith woman who has lost her mind from isolation. Dahl tells her friends to flee, and she defeats the Sith by using the Force and the woman's o- own lightsaber. Afterwards... The Sith Mother arrives by ship to offer Dahl a place at her side. She refuses to bring Dahl's friends with, so Dahl chooses to leave them behind. She gives them one last look as the ship takes off, 
and she looks terrified. She does, but mm. <laughs> really interesting way to end this one. Left the yeah. homies behind. Yep. Rude. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, she originally didn't even want to take them with her. I was super excited for this one. Uh, the animation is so beautiful. I really like this cartoon saloon. Although I, I say that having really only seen Wolfwalkers, I have yet to see Secret of Kells. So. Oh, Secret of Kells is fantastic. But I loved the visuals on it, that the really flat way that they do it. Also, the story structure is just such a classic kind of European fairy tale. Mm-hmm. Kids go to the haunted woods and have to confront the witch. Uh, it actually, the way this ends, it actually kind of reminds me of the recruitment of Darth Bane's apprentice in his novels where it's this very, very sympathetic young girl who you kind of have like kind of grown, you've seen her go through some struggles and then and you're like, oh my God, I feel so bad for her. And then she's like, I'm going to be strong and I'm going to win and I'm going to become a <laughs> fucking Sith. I mean, good for her. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Power to you. Sometimes you got to survive anyway, mm-hmm. any way you can, which is basically what Dahl does in this short. Her friends tell her to do it. Yes. Yep, they they said to do it. I think they're regretting that at the end mm-hmm. when they realize they have to go back to the workhouse and probably be severely punished for running away and stealing the speeder. Um, my reaction, I really love Cartoon Saloon's work, so I was excited for this one. The 2D animation style especially, it feels really cool and this effortless quality to it. And the characters are super cute and relatable. But when the little guy's like banging his head against the tree root... <laughs> <laughs> and the fruit falls on the other girl. I'm like, really? What is happening here? <laughs> it was so cute. I like when we get to see sides of the galaxy through a child's eyes. This felt like the usual coming of age story right until the end where it took that little mm-hmm. dark turn. Once you realize that Doll will do anything to escape her life, including leaving her friends, you get that bittersweet feeling of like innocence lost. And I, I love a good theme like that. Like, yay, give us the themes. But innocence lost like that is just so so sad yeah i i absolutely love this one this is probably my favorite so far of the ones that we've uh the yeah probably of the season it's so good i just it was fantastic from the beginning it does kind of feel like that regular kind of hero's journey like oh you you live in a bad life and you're gonna escape to go to something else and you're like okay this is just standard fare but it's presented so good and you're engrossed in the story because it's well presented by the animation, by the acting. It's it's an engrossing story from the beginning. But then when that twist comes and you see the ghost and you find out what the ghost actually is, that alone blew my mind. And then when the ship descends down, at first, when Dahl's talking to the amulet, I kind of assumed it was a Jedi artifact or something like that, mm-hmm. you know, and she was asking for strength, but I should have seen the little signs like asking for strength. That's not something that the Jedi would do. Strength is mm-hmm. something from the Sith like tenants, uh, just the little signs that everything was going to turn out darker than it actually did that they planted along the way. It made the rewatch even richer, but the first time is still so amazing because that reveal when that ship comes down. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Just the voice coming out of the amulet is creepy enough and you know things are going so bad. Yep. And then the Sith mother comes out and she's trying to pretend like she is you know, kind. There's a little bit of warmth to her. And then when Dal asks, can my friends come? And her eyes go from the gray to the Sith yellow and red and just no. And everything becomes more curt and direct. It is. It's presented in this beautiful childlike way. But then you realize not just innocence lost. That is innocence stolen. Innocence destroyed. Like that. Her life as she knows it is gone. And she's going to become a shell of who she was. It's it's a tragedy like it makes me so sad for doll like (laughs) that is one of the saddest things because you know like you don't have to see what happens to her like this is why it's a great short story we don't need to know what happens to her 
we know enough about the Sith to know what her future is going to hold and how awful it's going to be. Even if she doesn't even make it to be a Sith, like her life will be horrible. Yeah. It's, oof. yeah, yeah. It, it affected me. It really affected me. It is, it is overall, it is a great, great story. It's a great short. It's so well done. So a little bit more about Cartoon Saloon. Uh, they were established in Kilkenny, Ireland back in 1999 by Tom Moore, Nora Tuomi, and Paul Young. Uh, they're mostly famous for their feature-length films, which, as we mentioned before, include Secret of Kells and Wolf Walkers. Collectively, they've received five Academy Award nominations since they've been around, and mm-hmm. all four of their feature-length films have been nominated for Best Animated Feature. Yeah, it's crazy. Wolf Walkers should have won. I'm what gonna have to watch some of these then. I don't remember, but I probably should have. Like it, it was I think... a, it was still a decent year, I think, but mm. wasn't like some throwaway movie one. No, because <laughs> that has happened before, folks. Shockingly, on the Academy Awards. Um, next we have well, our. I know. Cult- I'm just. I have to say this real quick. Oh, I'm yeah. glad that you mentioned Kilkenny. I have a map of Ireland right next Ooh. to me on my wall, and it's got uh, the counties and with like names around them so mm-hmm. cool no i know where kilkenny is that's mm-hmm. awesome i've been there it's, it's very beautiful god i'd love to go ireland itself is just stunning which you couldn't really tell from from this <laughs> story because it didn't have like that rich green landscape really that ireland is famous for there was like the horrors of the freaking annie orphanage situation that was happening yeah. like this was just it was scary, like legitimately scary, scary short. And Ireland itself has this rich tradition of folktales, which their movies um, talk about a lot. And they have plenty of scary stories. The Legend of the Haunted Cave is perfect for an Irish folktale where the young person has to overcome adversity in order to grow. But there's usually a warning in the folktales too, like fairy tales in general. Uh, don't piss off the fairies in Ireland. Yes. Really, don't yes. do it. You really don't want to do it. Uh, Beware leaving your village, because what you find outside might not be what you actually want, which is what Doll finds here. This short reminded me of The Children of Lear, which is a tragic Irish story about cursed children. And then the ghost is also like a banshee, who is a Irish spirit who heralds death. Like the instant she screamed, I was like, well, (laughs) it's a banshee. Somebody, somebody's going to die, whether it is the banshee herself or the kiddos. And Yeah. yeah. Terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. I like that they kind of drew that, like you said, Anders, the European folktale, fairy tale aspect into it. Yeah, when they're having the campfire on the edge of the forest and they're telling the story and it's so mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for this for this short, their use of color or in sometimes lack thereof. In this case, though, they focus a lot on red. The predominant colors in this short are the different shades of red associated with the Sith, Both the ghost and the Sith mother are shrouded in red, though the mother looks less sinister, taking on the image of more of a savior, whereas the ghost was a disgusting monster. Mm -hmm. Terrifying. That poor woman. I mean, she is a Sith, but also she's just been crushed by a boulder, like very um, Wizard of Oz. (laughs) She knows she's going to Come into my home. Mind your own business. Drop a boulder on me. damn kids <laughs> yeah i mean fair so ah, the droids though <laughs> we don't really get as many as we want unfortunately the droids we do get in this they're a bunch of narcs they're watching over the kids at the factory and it is a real bummer because we expect better of our droids we really do and this goes to show like the whole humans are uh easier and more cost effective than droids are and cheaper yep. Mm-hmm. Like got our Andor callback, feeling good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and lastly, of course, just a few other Star Wars connections and callbacks uh, that we haven't touched on yet. We start off with the true test is always in your mind. The Sith mother says this to Dull, though killing the ghost was very real. Uh, this is a lot like Luke's test in the case of Dagobah, except it. That was strictly a mental test. He did not actually cut Darth Vader slash himself's head off. No. (laughs) The Sith Mother wanted to get rid of her apprentice and gain a new one more powerful than the last. Barry Palpatine. 
So she created this test for Doll. Yoda would probably not approve. No. A little light murder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Doll might not realize it completely, but she gives into the dark side by leaving her friends behind to most likely die young. You know, her friends probably gonna have a bad fate. And mm-hmm. she takes this opportunity. She thinks the one chance to save herself, and it's most likely damned herself forever with a choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Sith Mother is giving major palpy vibes with that my young apprentice talk like mm, yeah she's seeming just as slippery and persuasive as the emperor mm-hmm. uh, she's got a little bit of mother talzin influence to her too so yeah yeah it's it's not gonna go well for doll yeah. uh that's just that's a fate we've seen before you give into the dark side and things just don't go well mm-hmm. usually not oh. A little bit of Christian Mary imagery too to the mother with her yeah, the hooded like a, the hooded veil situation like the fake she's like a twisted version yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yep and she calls like they call her the Sith mother like mm. yeah. <laughs> all right our last short today is in the stars which was written and directed by Gabrielle Osorio uh, animated by Punk Robot from Chile. The main voice cast includes Valentina Murr as Koten, the older sister, and Julia Oviedo, I believe, as Tikina, uh, that precious, adorable younger sister. In the English dub, the Imperial officer is voiced by Kate Dickey, who played Lysa Aaron on Game of Thrones, and a First Order officer in The Last Jedi. She, uh, scary one in, uh, in Game of Thrones. <laughs> yes, very. <laughs> So, during the reign of the Empire, these two sisters are the last of their kind after the Empire conquered their planet and committed genocide against their people, unfortunately. Mm. Their their Force-sensitive mother tried to fight back, but was killed during the battle. Uh, And we see that through a really impressive art piece uh, when the younger sister, uh, Tachina, wants to draw on, on a rock outside. And it is it is really sad the imperial factories have decimated the planet and there's water pollution everywhere there's light pollution they can't see the stars that are a connection to them as a family and the younger sister to china is convinced that they could drive the empire away by using the force her sister Coton though just wants to survive they're forced to sneak into the factory for water though and are discovered Tachina is caught and nearly executed before Coton can arrive. Uh, the sisters awaken their force abilities, and only together they take out the factory. And it is amazing. Mm-hmm. Once it's the so dust cool. settles, really yeah, cool. It's so great. Uh, yes, when they both finally reach out together, oh, loved it. Once the dust settles, they can finally see the stars above, and they now are able to see their ancestors again. And it is. Really beautiful. I love this yeah. one. Very poignant. This one, God, when the yeah. when the stone just starts to light up with like the paint yes. from mm-hmm. the flowers, and it goes right up to the it's so so stunning. It's beautiful. Yeah. This was the one that really took me by surprise the most because I knew we were going to get one from uh, a short from like the Wallace and Gromit studio, which we'll talk about I think next week. But I wasn't prepared for the stop motion aspect of it, and it was it blew me away. It was so so beautiful the the sister bond between these two, the way that they're in hiding, and the older sister is just like it's my it's basically you know it's my job to protect you, and I can't do that if you want to fight. But that's like exactly that's the choice that their mother made. Like, I may have mm-hmm. to sacrifice myself here, but I'd have to stand up and I have to fight. Mm-hmm. Yep. I love the aspect of seeing the ancestors up in the stars. Yeah. And yeah. just looking through, seeing just that little pinprick of light at the beginning, because you can barely see any stars anymore. That stone looked really cool, even when it wasn't all lit up. Right. It had that yeah. very, very. I just want to say it looks just like a classic fantasy. Yeah. Meeting place. Meeting place. Yeah. Very like pride rock from the lion King. Very (laughs) stonehenge. Just like lots of life 
you can tell has been painted on this rock. Yeah, and they had the the yellow flowers and how they bloom and the mm -hmm. the way they would just kind of float all over the place. Seeing that factory get taken out was great. Oh, I cheered. Yeah. <laughs> oh, amazing. Just absolutely, absolutely amazing. I loved this one. This might be my favorite of these three. Yeah, it's very hard for me to rank these three. <laughs> well, get prepared because I'm going to ask you. Really I'm going, to, I'm going no. to make both of you do Damn that. Anders, I've been waiting for you to come back at me with that. <laughs> yeah, Daniel, remember, we're going to have to do this every time. And we're going to have it's, our hearts shattered every time. It's going to be hard. <laughs> um, Like Anders, you said, the animation for this is just stunning. They've taken this 3D style to the next level and made it feel very touchably realistic, like textured. Mm -hmm. The skin, their skin, like the rocks, the flowers. When those plants turn to ash, holy shit. Yeah. Like, oh, I guess we haven't come to play <laughs> with this short. <laughs> it was just beautiful. It had my favorite aesthetic, I think, of the three, especially the backgrounds. Like, it's a very lush world. And the characters definitely felt like they belong in the Star Wars universe. You could mm -hmm. feel that this was a Star Wars planet. It could have been like Kashyyyk where the indigenous people are just subjugated and killed and used for work basically except here they were all killed in a rebellion which is like mm, i'm going to talk about that later in the historical influences um i'm also here for a sibling story i love it so much as an older sibling i really felt for coton when her younger sister was acting out like sit down just sit down <laughs> stop trying to take out a freaking tie fighter with the force that you can't do it you stop it like we need oh, to go man. get water but you're not coming with me i loved it um i love when they join together and go like totally fern gully win back their world from the evil imperial industrial machine like down oh, with yeah. capitalism <laughs> <For real. laughs> let's just get back to our roots i really liked you mentioned this, Daniel, the kind of pastel slash charcoal look to the mother's story, mm -hmm. like giving it a different feel from the rest yeah. of the short, like mixing these two different art styles was very cool. A little bit like a kid doing a chalk drawing yeah. on the road while your older sibling watches and it's like, we got to get going, we got to get going, finish your drawing. <laughs> but it was just really, it was really cute and sweet along with the sadness because of course you have to have a little sadness this is star wars yeah exactly. obviously i mean Daniel, we've, we've talked about the animation and how beautiful it is absolutely agree with all the points you've brought up uh, i just think beyond how great the animation is really have to shout out the writing they did a really good job of quickly and concisely making me care about these characters they like gave you info about the world and you kind of understood culturally what was going on with the paintings and why, you know, they had to see the sky and, you know, they really just, it was well-written. I mean, again, we're talking about, these are just short 15 minute episodes or so, and they just reel you in. Like they really efficiently wrote this story. I quickly cared about these sisters. I quickly cared about their journey. You know, I was gutted when I learned about their mom I really, you know, what my heart was racing when we get to the actual facility and when that uh, ATST walks out mm. and they have to face <laughs> it down, it's just, I got goosebumps. It was so well written and you have to have great writing to pair with the animation to make it, you know, really be effective. And I think they really, they brought both. So hats off. Well done. I love this one. Yeah, they killed it. The action sequences, the voice work, the music, it just all came together perfectly. Yeah. So just a little bit more uh, about this studio. Punk Robot was founded in 2008 and resides in Santiago, Chile. They were founded by Antonio Herrera, Gabriel Osorio, Mari Soto Agli... Agli ah, I always have trouble That's with this That's a tough one. one. <laughs> Aguilar. Agu Agu yeah, Aguilar. Aguilar. It's a... Uh, yeah. Always harder to do. So sorry, Mari Soto Aguilar uh, and Pato Escala. They won the Academy Award for Best Animated Short in 2014 with Bear Story. Uh, so yeah, this is a this is a studio. They've not been around that long, but they've got some pedigree already. And I would definitely love to see more of them. Same, same. I never really thought of Chile as being involved in animation before. I, I always thought like, yeah, Brazil 
is probably really big into animation places in kind of Central America, maybe. But mm -hmm. seeing this, I was like, oh, this is really good. Like, holy yeah. shit. It's yeah. beautiful. It's poignant. Um, for cultural influences, I immediately went back to my high school English class where I read The House of the Spirits by Isabel Allende. And Ooh. after reading that book, I was super curious about how factual parts of it were. So I researched and learned more about the 1973 Chilean coup d'etat, where Ooh. the popular unity government was overthrown by the military very violently. Salvador Allende, who was Isabel's cousin, was the first socialist to be elected president in a Latin American liberal democracy. So, like, he was big, big news for mm -hmm. South America. He faced a lot of political unrest because the Congress was controlled by the opposition. Hmm, I wonder if we know anything about that mm -hmm. <laughs> in the United States. And unfortunately, the United States wasn't real big on socialism at the time. So Allende faced economic warfare by U.S. President Richard Nixon. Totally fine. Everything's great. Allende died in the presidential palace by a possible assassination. Like this was a very tumultuous time for Chile. Yeah. The country was taken over by dictator General Augusto Pinochet. I don't know if you guys have heard of him, but uh, atrocities, I'm just gonna atrocities, say very quickly. Yes. Fuck Pinochet. Yes. Absolutely fuck Pinochet. That yeah. is not a controversial statement. No. If anyone not. has a problem with that, fuck you. Yeah, no, total, total ass. Like awful, yeah. awful, awful human being. Um, in the stars made me think about like these peaceful people, this original inhabitants of the planet taken over by this military power, who then strip them of their freedom, resources, lives, basically just taken over by a fascist government. And all of their all of their resources are taken away from them. I don't know if Punk Robot was going for this, like specifically, but I like that the sisters eventually defeated their occupiers, just like Pinochet was eventually ousted from mm -hmm. power in Chile. And then I found this out just recently in 2022, Chile elected its youngest ever president, liberal Gabriel Boric, who yeah. is a former student activist. Hell yeah. So, like Chile is a front it runner can when it be comes done. to government. It can be also, done for real. Just a, a a little side note. Um Pedro Pascal, you know, mm -hmm. famous as the Mandalorian and, and a bunch of other stuff, his mm -hmm. family is uh I believe either related to Allende or they were uh active in Allende's government or something like that. So like his family actually had to flee from Pinochet. Yeah, a lot of people uh, fled. Yeah, a lot of people had to flee from Pinochet. Um, and so, yeah, it, it was interesting seeing that. Uh, I, I When you brought up that, I, all I could think of was, oh, Pedro Pascal, you know, he had to deal <laughs> with that. Um, I, it, It's interesting. You can, you can look at the Empire as either a Pinochet allegory in this one. They could be a Spanish conquistador allegory. They, mm -hmm. that could fit for a lot of different things. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's nice that it's open-ended how you want to look at it. And yeah. they brought just that little bit of influence to it. And mm -hmm. God, yeah, just well done. The, are we the baddies? <laughs> Fascists? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Yes, you are. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Next up, we have the use of color here. Colleen, you mentioned like the charcoal colors on the stone. And that just looks really cool. Then in addition to that, we have the complete darkness of the Imperial factory spewing out that gray black mm -hmm. smoke and then contrast that in the end with that absolutely bright, vibrant yellow coming from the flowers and the paint and ultimately getting that light from the stars symbolizing the life that can now return to the planet. Just really, really cool. It looks so fucking good. Yeah. yeah. You can tell that they put everything they had into this. Mm hmm. Yeah. And again, not a lot of droids in this one, mm. but it was really satisfying to watch those sisters take out that ATST walker avenging their mother. Uh, you know, she couldn't do it alone, but together they could. Mm -hmm. We also got a TIE fighter in the opening sequence, which Tachina tries to pull down like she's Starkiller. <laughs> uh, I was like, girl. <laughs> also, they make that TIE fighter so intimidating. Yeah, it was scary like, looking. Yeah. yeah, It looked alive. Like, I was like, is this like sentient? Like, is this a <laughs> Battlestar Galactica situation? Ooh, yeah. That was scary. Oh, man. All right. Next, we have a couple of our Star Wars connections and callbacks. The cave paintings 
this was the mother's story, was told through Ticina's painting. Looked a lot like the cave paintings that Ezra and the ghost crew find on Lothal in Rebels. It immediately made me think of that. I was like, oh, Rebels, yay! <laughs> also made me think a little bit of the story of the three brothers from Harry Potter. Just how you yeah, a little bit. Media. Yeah, media. I love when they do stuff like that. Hats off, punk romance. Yeah. So, Koten's favorite weapon in this is an Electro Staff. We've seen those in many Star Wars projects. Clone Wars, Rebels, The Mandalorians. Uh, the Mandalorian all have characters using this weapon. But anytime I see an Electro Staff, I can only think about my beautiful boys, the <laughs> the Magda Guards. I love them so much. <laughs> Next up, we have the Imperial Factory and infiltrating it. Kanan and Ezra do this multiple times on Lothal in rebels mm-hmm. uh kanan ultimately paid the made the ultimate sacrifice at an imperial refinery uh we've seen the empire destroy many planets with their mining their over farming their dubious research possibly including casting andor's homeworld canary still don't really have answers on that one mm-hmm. some sort of major shit went down there that's all yeah. we know <laughs> yeah empire is not big on sustainability let's be yep. And then, as I mentioned, we have those glowing yellow flowers. So while these may or may not be connected directly to the Force, a very similar effect was used in another Star Wars property. That's right. I am bringing up Lego Star Wars The Freemaker Adventures yet again. (laughs) As you should. So Luke Luke Skywalker and Rowan Freemaker discover these Force-sensitive flowers that bloom and glow and kind of have that same floating effect. Uh, when they're off on a little side mission. Uh, those plants actually ultimately lead to Rowan's discovery that his master, Nare, is a Sith and not a real Jedi, because instead of blooming in her presence, they wilt and die. Bum, bum, bum. Not what you want. <laughs> That's not what you want at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> all right, well, before we go, so thinking about these three episodes... Kind of as a whole, I think we all agree this is a very this was a really strong start to Visions Volume Two. Yeah. But now I am going to ask you two, and then I, of course, will also do it to power rank these three. So, Um, Daniel, if you had to rank these three, just just among these three, don't think about any of the other shorts. You got to put these three in an order. If you want, we can we can do this rapid fire like I used to do with Colleen. Oh, you you're you're putting me on the spot here. Uh two, three, one. I'm two, going, I'm going Okay, so uh, you were going. reach. I'm going into the stars, and then I'm putting Sith last, but that that is all so close. It's all so close. Yeah. Screechers, stars, Sith. All right. Oh, Colleen. Here we go. I'm going to go with stars. And then this is where it gets difficult. <laughs> Because I I very much enjoyed both of these. I think I'm going to go with aesthetics-wise, just like pushing the animation forward. So I'm going to go with Sith next, and then Screechers. Okay. This was difficult, though. I did not like this. Yeah, I I think I definitely... I might actually just have to echo Colleen on this one. Stars, I think, is my number one. And then... I think if you were to just ask about like design and aesthetic, I'd probably put Sith at number one. I just really love the splashiness, the watercolor mm-hmm. nature of it. So mm-hmm. I'm going to put that at number two and put Screechers at three. Oh. It's fair. really difficult. Like bringing, if you're thinking about everything about it, but then breaking stuff down, like Screechers, I think, had the most interesting storyline. Yeah. Like, it was the most innovative, I think, when we think of Star Wars stories, because it had, a bad, like, a sad ending. Star Wars has sad endings, but a lot of times there's, like, some uplift at the end. Like, oh, there's hope. This one, no. <laughs> was, no. I oh, also am a little bit partial to the Irishness of it, because yes. I do, you know... Uh, not Are you like Irish? Irish, oh. <laughs> Irish in quotation marks. Like my, Irish heritage. Yeah, the... <laughs> The Irish in me, like, they immigrated to Chicago a long time ago. So Mm -hmm. I've never actually been to Ireland. I don't claim to be Irish itself. But my family has, you know, they've kept up. We like to read, like, family 
stuff about like Irish legends and all that. So my my uncle always gifts like an Irish thing to us every year. Uh, so like it, that made me, I think I attached to it a little bit more on that because I'm like, oh, this feels familiar in a way. So yeah, I thought that was cool. It was like a new take on a fairy tale. Yeah, very, exactly. Very cool. Yeah. Though I did, I did want to give you guys some good news today. So Ooh. we got two episodes that didn't have much droid action. And I know that hurts us because we love our droids. Well, just I know where yesterday, <laughs> there was a new announcement of a new Star Wars video game. And it looks like you're going to have a pal in this that is a repurposed commando droid who wears a trench coat <laughs> and looks like a badass and the internet has decided we all want to fuck this droid <laughs> we just saw one picture of him in a in a trench coat we're like i want to fuck that droid and why they make him hot <laughs> i saw a clip just before we started recording of where he talks to the main character mm. he has it he has that it factor. He's got that swagger. He's got the riz. I want to fuck a droid. <laughs> and I thought I'd leave us on that wonderful note right there. Thank you're with, you you're very with much, Lando. Daniel. Yeah, you're with Lando, so I think you're in pretty good company. Yeah, I mean, Lando had it right. It works. It works. It works. It always works. We we'll find a way. Love finds a way. <laughs> All right, well, on that note... <laughs> Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us today. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at YASWpod. Follow us wherever you're getting your podcasts. Hit that follow button. You can check out our previous episodes on the main Star Wars films and other great Star Wars content. Check out the offerings in the Forgotten Entertainment family at ForgottenEntertainment.com. You can find Anders and me and occasionally Daniel on the Bohemian Geek Studies podcast. You can find my Star Wars book reviews on bohemiangeekstudies.com. And of course, join us next time when we discuss the next three shorts from Vision Season 2, including one I think Anders is going to be moving up the ranks <laughs> <laughs> very quickly. <laughs> very well could be. It could be. You never know. It's going to be a mystery until those final moments when Anders makes us choose. <laughs> Terrible. Oh, now that we have now that we have an existing list, I get to just like go down it and be like, no, make the choice right now. Is it better or worse than this one? How about this one? How about this one? <laughs> that's when things get really interesting, Daniel. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna hurt me during this. I can already feel it. So it's just like every other Star Wars pod that we've done. Well, no animals died yet this one, but I know we're going to find a way to break me somehow, so. <laughs> no, just this, the young children in the mines. Oh, God. <laughs> the mines are probably For dying. no fucking reason. Yeah, no fucking reason. We don't even know what they're doing there. Like, it's just a workhouse full of children. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. Until then, remember, everyone, the true test is always in your mind. But don't leave your friends to die in a factory. They didn't yeah, have to go back. Nice. What, what else are they going to do? Go back to the cave and eat the corpse of the Sith lady? I mean, she managed to live there for that. a really long time. I mean, they could. The kids could live in the cave if they want yeah. to. They become the new cave people. Oh, no. Yeah. Now I thought about the descent. Oh, <laughs> oh. oh, And everything has gone to hell again. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. <laughs>